In the heartland of football, community always matters. And Saskatchewan Rough Rider players are stepping up in more ways than before. It's something we have to do. Go out there and, you know, do the fan days, be in the schools, talking to the kids, having kids camps. Like the reaction from the parents, from the kids, they always say this is going to change the next generation because you guys are in, like inspiring hope and change. On this episode of Air It Out, receiver Braden Lenius sits down to share his work as a player ambassador for the Saskatchewan Rough Rider Foundation. Here we go, Braden. Sweet. I am your host, Daniela Ponticelli. Braden Lenius is not having the start to the season he imagined. When we got together for this episode, he was healing from a lacerated kidney sustained during the preseason game in Winnipeg. But Lenius could not be more grateful to be back in Saskatchewan. He was born in Regina, the proud son of Shauna Lenius and Troy Dickey, an Arizona Wildcats receiver who played with Saskatchewan in 1995. Lenius credits his mother for his success on and off the field. I grew up with a single family, single parent, right? Just her. She had me at a young age and seeing her sacrifice everything for, for me to be okay. And then now looking how, how well she's doing now, it's a, it's a full circle kind of thing for her to start where she started till now. Like that's, that's like my best friend, my confidant, like everything, you know, she's, she's, she's the OG, right? So that's probably my, my biggest inspiration. Lenius was a second round pick. 15th overall for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders in the 2019 CFL Draft out of the University of New Mexico, though he previously played for the University of Washington. Lenius broke out in the shortened 2021 CFL season, making 37 receptions for 471 yards and four touchdowns. The following offseason, Lenius tried out for four NFL teams, signing with the Atlanta Falcons. But before long, he was back in Saskatchewan. On August 29, 2022, Lenius re-signed with the Rough Riders, wearing green and white once again and achieving another career goal. When I came back from Atlanta last year, Karina and Cindy sat me down. They were like, yeah, we'd love to have you be an ambassador. And from there, that was like, this is what I work for, right? I'm going to take it and run with it. Braden mentioned Karina and Cindy. That's Karina Peterson, the community program coordinator for the Saskatchewan Rough Rider Football Club, and Cindy Fuchs, the executive director of the Saskatchewan Rough Rider Foundation. You will hear from Cindy later on this episode about what's next for the riders in the community. Now here's Braden talking about Karina's vital role in what they do. Karina is our fearless leader. I tell people she handles our lives in the offseason. She does. She, she does. She does. <laughs> she does. She's an incredible woman. She does so much for us. Like, she's awesome. She does, like, our day-to-day -day scheduling, uh, community appearances, time and place. Um, kind of like the one-stop shop for our, our offseason when we do what we're in the community. So shout out to Karina for always taking care of us. Now let's go inside our latest podcast space at Mosaic Stadium on the fourth floor west side with floor to ceiling windows overlooking the field on a sunny day in Regina. Six foot five Braden Lenius is seated and ready to open up about his work off the field. When you think of community, what comes to mind? For myself, 
I'm going back to a little history about myself. I was born and raised in Regina, Saskatchewan. I wouldn't say raised. I would say raised in a sense of I would come back for summer times as a kid. I uh, moved out to BC with my mom, so that that's what kind of took me away from here. But I would come back in the summer times, and as a kid growing up from I would say the age of 10 till maybe my ninth grade year, maybe 15 years old, um, I would come. I would come to this province with my grand my grandparents, and I would be here, and I'll go to rider games. I would be able to go to the practices, and then they had community stuff, and then you'd see the guys when I come back for like Christmas, you'd see like Darian Durant, Andy Fantuz, all these guys stay back and just be in the community, do camps, do go into the schools and all that. That's something that as a kid I would see and I'd be like, wow, this is something I, I would want to do if I ever attain that goal. But leading into this now and coming into my present day, it's it's everything I could have asked for. You know, when they when you see guys give back the way they do at a young age, it really does stick with you and it does hearing it from a male. It's different when you hear things from, you know, other different other people, but when you see a male figure step into that you know that position and be vulnerable be honest talk about you know their their hardships or whatever it may be that really sticks with you and for me getting that call when i came back from atlanta last year um when karina and cindy sat me down they're like yeah we'd love to for have you be an ambassador and from there that was like i can't this is this is what i work for right i'm, t- I'm gonna take it and run with it so it's been it's been a tremendous experience so you as a kid experienced the influence of seeing the players out there doing yep. their jobs on the field off the field yeah was there a a specific moment that you still remember? I was a little bit spoiled. So backstory, my first cousin, he was Gordy's assistant equipment manager for, I want to say, 10 plus years like from when I was a kid till he he was we were able to be out like on the field together. He was like last year a little bit, but more mainly 2019 to 2021. But with him having that job, I was able to go to practices. I was able to hang out in the locker room. I was able to like give the guys gloves, be able to. So I think the best memory for me was being able to catch for Darian Durant. So when I was, that was before I was even serious in football. Um, and him, him seeing me run around, and then he was like, "Man, you know, just keep working, keep sticking with it." And as a kid, when you hear that, right from Darian Durant, especially at that time, that was that was the the heyday for him. Um, that that mean, it meant a lot, right? And then. Like I said, it's a full circle moment to be back with this team, drafting me back here, um, and then for them to tr- and trust me to be in the community and give back the way those guys did before me, and for me to do it now, it's it, yeah, that's it's, a, it's an amazing feeling. And getting to see the players on that human level, right? Yeah. Like as guys. Exactly. A lot of people don't see all, all. Only people see the stuff like when they come in the stands or the TV. Um, they don't see the behind the scenes, right? And it's always we're always kind of an intimidating front when we walk into places or, or around like you know just people at, like outside of this. But for them to see us in that that light and in that sense, it, it gives us personal like a, in a good light, but also this team and what we what we stand for in this organization, right? So it's it all plays off each other. So you get the ask to be an ambassador. Mm-hmm. Obviously, plans did not go quite as you wanted, and you ended up with an extra long off season. Yeah, you did make the most of your time, though, Braden. I mean, we talked about it uh, actually at Ryderville during Grey Cup Festival. That was fun. Yeah. But you've visited schools. You've attended so many different community events. Just take us through some of the things you have been able to do. I think the first trip right after the season ended, and Brett Lother and I we hopped in the community cruiser and drove 13 hours to Sandy Bay, Saskatchewan. Right off the bat, you know, we were like, it's it, we're in it. It's time to go. And that was a long drive. We got to really know each other, but I describe going up to that community as I don't know if ever if people or when people are listening seeing the movie Wind River. It's very rural, like it's there's dogs everywhere. There's you know just a lot of poverty, and for us, 
I've never seen anything like that in my life before. I don't know if Brett has either. And when we pulled up there, it was like there was about a point where there's no service until we got there for like maybe an hour and a half, two hours. Um, and that drive, we were just like, what do you expect, right? Because we, we stayed in um, Creighton, Saskatchewan. That was like the small town right right on like two hours away from Sandy Bay. But that drive, we're like, we have no clue what, what we're going to expect. And when we got there, it was just kind of we kind of ditched those expectations and we're just like, let's just welcome whatever comes. And it was, it was to see those kids, um, light up the way they did when we walked in that place. It was because they've never, no, no one's ever gone that far up there. Like we've gone up to like LaRange and other places, but this was more East up in the province. So no, we haven't hit that spot before. So it was, it was something that they were, they were so excited for, right? They had so many questions. They had, they're just all over us kids because you know I, I i always wear my jordan like air jordan shoes so they saw the green ones and they were just touching them and they're like oh we love like we love you you know just so many different aspects of what they love and they appreciated from it and then they just really sat back and listened to our message right because a lot of people we're very spoiled down here and a lot of people don't understand what those people go through up up there and we're in the same province they they go through a lot so it's it's you know it's it's amazing for us to just get up there and see those kids and see the change we can make and we've already made we like from from when we started till till now we've already, we've seen over 14,000 kids not myself but just all six mm -hmm. ambassadors and that's that's huge that's that's a huge impact and that's not it's a three year program and it's going to be continuing on right so we're going to we're our goal is to see every school in this province so we're going to we'll, hopefully we'll get there it's a bit intangible, you know, the sort of impact that you're going to have on mm. that child you've met. You can only speak from your own experience as a kid. But what impact does this have on you as an adult? It help, It almost like just molds you um, and carries you into kind of like the person I want to be personally. I have personal goals that I have. And doing these things build, I don't know if it's, what you say, good karma, whatever it may be. But it it, it, you just carry and you learn new things, right? You know how to interact with kids. You know how to talk to them. You know how to be more vulnerable. Like I tell the kids when I'm out there talking to them about their like the mental health and the, and the presentation, I'm learning stuff myself, even t asking questions, presenting it, and I'm learning a lot myself in that way as well. So there's so many different aspects that I'm able to take from all this community ambassadorship. And it's, um, I don't know if I can answer that question fully now. I think mm. if you ask me, you know, we're in the alumni lounge 10 years from now, and, I, and when I'm done football and I really, you know, get to take a step back and be removed from it, I think I'll be able to answer that better. I think just because it'll be able to set in and I'll be able to have more experience, right? But that's probably my best answer for now. All right, well, set a date. Ten years ten from years, now. Ten years, yeah, ten we years got from it, now, we yeah. got it. So what is the message right now that you were working with as an ambassador? I understand that there's a lot of people involved in, you know, forming that education and, and kind of what you're sharing in classrooms. To make it simplified, it's okay to not to be okay. And also, we really touch on reaching out to others and using the community as an outlet, especially in those rural places when you go up there and, like, they struggle maybe individually at home and at different and you know they have all those struggles outside of school wherever it may be um, but to really use the connections they have in the school friends and stuff like that but the presentation is almost like, I call it like the toolbox right so there's two different things we touch on it's it's called the backpack and then the mental playbook so they're two different things one's like I said more mental and then one's actually physical right so you have kind of two things to navigate whatever they're going through um, they can pull from their mental playbook of hey maybe it's I go for a walk maybe it's I put my music in whatever it may be the backpack is something that they can actually feel right we encourage them maybe it's a book maybe 
a stuffed animal, maybe whatever, maybe it's extra food or like whatever the comforts them. It's something they can pull from wherever they're at. If they're going through stress, anxiety, just to give them outlets of how they can cope with whatever they're going through. Right. We don't get too deep, but if the kids want to open up, then it's a safe place. I tell them, I start with it. Hey, hey this is a very safe place. I'm going to get open with and vulnerable with you guys. You guys don't have to, but if you guys have anything, you guys ask, you guys ask, ask away. And when you kind of break the ice, especially for myself, cause I'm, I'm a big figure mm-hmm. and I'm intimidated. I have tattoos. <laughs> um, you know, when I walk in, they kind they're kind of sitting there, but then when I start smiling and talking and break the ice, it's tremendous. Like you see the kids just really take a deep breath and be able to be, you know, comfortable and vulnerable, which is really cool. There's something we don't really talk about much, and it's the toll that the pandemic had on community outreach. To be able to go up, as you said, to Sandy Bay mm-hmm. last season, do you feel like it is a little bit of a reintroduction in some ways because there was that time off, or is it just kind of right into it again? Uh, it depends where you go. Some schools will be like, they'll just be so fired up we're there, um, and like it'll just be ready. And some, you know, they'll, they'll take a little slower for the kids to open up. Um, you know, teachers a little bit more, you know, timid because it, it's been a while, right? Um, but the, the, the response, that, like when we go to those rural areas, is like, we haven't seen you guys since, like I have at a school, we haven't seen you guys since 2011, 2012, 2013. It's like, that's even past COVID, like before COVID, right? So it's like, when you hear that, like, holy, and then, you report back like yeah we got to keep touching these communities and seeing these schools even especially after covid right but the excitement is there when we were in creighton saskatchewan like filling up gas at the gas station and people drove by i heard you on the radio you guys are coming up on the radio like they were telling the community that we were coming up just to be in the school right just to you know the the excitement is there and especially after covid it's it's now the ball's rolling and we're able to do anything with no kind of limitations which which helps a lot if people only take away one thing about you, Brayden, when they meet you, if they ever get to hear you speak in a classroom or at an event, what is it you hope they remember? That I was honest and true, you know? Uh, I, like I said earlier, like I, I try to just be the, be like me, be present, give them everything that I have. Um, I'm, I have no problem being vulnerable in front of people. I've been through a lot in my 26 years, so that's kind of built that foundation of me being able to be vulnerable, especially in a in a place where if, if it's around people. But for, yeah, for people to know that, like, you know, that uh, yeah, I'm honest and true about what I say, about what I give to the community, my feeling, my intentions, um, and yeah, and for them to feel that love that they give me, I, I'm giving it back to them, right? And um, and obviously, they, hopefully, they think I'm a good football player, too. <laughs> um, but obviously, but yeah, no, that's that's probably my best answer. You know, there's such a focus on culture within the club. Mm-hmm. But when you look at the overall organization and how you've been able to develop yourself as a human being within it, what can you say about that? And being allowed to be vulnerable. Yeah, I, I give thanks to this organization all the time, especially whenever I can, because they've allowed me to, like you said, grow individually and what's cool about this organization is they allow you to have a voice right you know and with the whatever you want to talk about an idea if there's a problem whatever everybody's open and and you know there to talk there to respond but for myself like I came in I got drafted right after my father passed away right after my grandfather passed away like back to back so that was a tough time and I got hurt the second the first day of camp coming in my rookie year so that was I thought I was gone after even though I was a draft pick I was like this is it you know but they they saw my potential. They saw what I, they had. They what they had. I, they had it in me. 
they they've supported me through the whole way this whole journey even now this recent injury it's just it's the the amount of text messages and i love i love i got from this organization it was you know it, it's a really good feeling to have you know have those people behind your back in your corner right and that makes a difference because you come to work every day with a with a different type of confidence a different type of work ethic a different type of love because you know it's reciprocated right and then when you add in the community stuff that just kind of ties the whole picture together right because rider nation is saskatchewan right so this is uh it's a big thing for for it to be all tied in together as one. Just reflecting on why I love the team, mm-hmm. that's it for me. Exactly. I mean, I'm a transplant to this province. Yep. I was here in the uh, 2012, I think was the first time I came to a game. Okay. Not that long ago. That's not long ago at all. And it's like I couldn't see myself cheering for a different team mm-hmm. or being connected in that way because of that reason. And I did want to ask about that, the tradition of the community connection, You know what it means to just be part of this wave of ambassadors knowing that there's going to be even more in the future exactly this it's 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 a new day and age and for us us six individuals and obviously there's more guys doing like doing other stuff as well like on the team doing in the community it's it's something we have to do you know because as back in the day i i always think it it felt like the demographic they say is changing and it's like more less and less young people are you know more interested but for us to break that barrier and go out there and, you know, do the fan days, be in the schools, talking to the kids, um, having kids camps, doing the, you know, the women in sport with the, with the, with the football camps, with the ladies, like I've got to do all those things. And that the, like the reaction from the parents, from the kids, from the other organ organizers, it's, it's, they always say this is going to change the next generation because you guys are in, like inspiring hope and change and, you know, telling, letting, letting, you know, women or, or men, you can play the sport, you can do this, you can be a part of Rider Nation, whether it's playing, whether it's, you know, doing what you do, whether it's doing what Karina does or Blake or whatever you can do, there's, there's opportunity for everybody to be a part of this organization, not just playing, right? So it's, it's, it's everything, right? And like you said, like, you couldn't see yourself cheering for any other team and like i've 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 bled green my whole life my grandparents have had season tickets since the 70s mm-hmm. and everybody in my family still has season tickets to this day right so it's um it's a, a tradition that has it's going to live on forever but we got to keep pushing that you know and keep pushing into the community so it's it's awesome a little added incentive for your family i think <laughs> 100% yeah no it's uh like i said it's it's crazy how life works yeah. life works in its own mysterious ways and for for me to be back here where it kind of all started like for, i wasn't an nfl watcher when i was a kid i was straight riders you know and like, like one day I, you know i have pictures of my grandma's like photo album of me on the old taylor field just tossing the football and now i get to you know it's like now i'm now i get to play right so it's uh it's really cool you moved, as you said, from Regina out to the West Coast, but then you played in L.A. when you were in high school. You played New Mexico, Washington for college. So yeah. how have those experiences shaped you? It's everything who I am today. I call myself a chameleon because I've been in so many different elements and I kind of have been able to kind of just submerge myself wherever. I lived um, in like the most rural area of Port Hardy, British Columbia, north of North Island of Vancouver Island. I've lived in Los Angeles, California as a young teenager. Um, I've lived in Seattle and Albuquerque, New Mexico in the high desert, like so many different places and so many different times in my life. And you carry all those hardships. You take up more of the hardships than the good because that's how you learn about yourself. Right. And all those things that I went through of, I've built that, that kind of just that gritty foundation that I have about myself that, you know, wherever I'm at now in life, it's kind of, uh, 
I've seen this. I've seen this kind of adversity before. I can smile in the face of adversity and understand. You know, this is how I can carry myself and also share my experiences. Right when I, especially like tying back to the community, when I tell the kids my story, they're like, "You've been to so many places. What's it like? I've never been on to California. Like, you know, it's it's cool for them to see that you've I've been to so many places and experienced a lot, which I'm very fortunate. You know, have done. Um, but yeah, all of, all of those places from going to LA at 16 years old. By my, I went wow. I went and lived with my aunt and uncle. Um, to chase chase this dream, right? Um, to then have you know get a scholarship to University of Washington and be able to play that high level and finish it out in New Mexico and then get drafted back home and you know and then be able to have a chance to the NFL. The journey has been has been incredible. It's been unruly and it's been a roller coaster. But as anybody's journey and anybody what everybody works for, you go through the ups and downs, right? But that's that kind of makes it all worth it at the end, right? You've talked about this impact on you. Yeah. I think what's interesting about this is even if there's someone listening who is kind of like, okay, so what does this have to do with football? Which, again, there's many reasons why this has to do with football. Does this make you a better teammate? Does this make you a better player? 100%. Um, I think in more ways than I think we can understand. Like I said, I can understand right now. Um, but it's just building foundation for myself as a man, as a teammate, as a you know, as a soon-to-be husband, as a brother to my uh, my teammates on the field. You learn, like especially for me, when I go to these rural communities and I and I come back here, it's like it's very humbling. And it, it, every day I walk in this building, I'm appreciative of being able to be in this building, see, going to work with my brothers. Right, like every day, like it's always, it's always in that uh, exciting feeling because it's like when, like you said with COVID that year took away everything from everybody right and to be without having kind of that reality of that's how quick it can be taken away from you 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 understand that type of love and tying back to the community work it's yeah you build you build just so many building blocks of yourself individually and you find new ways how to communicate how to be like you said better teammate how to you know solve problems as a, as a leader right because you know when you're talking to these kids you're you're that leader for them right and then now when I, I can bring those kind of traits and qualities that I learned from them speaking to them I bring it back to like right but you know when we do our little you'll see the receivers um I don't know if people see the pregame on TSN or whatever but if you're at the game the receivers get in the middle of the field and we kind of do a circle and I'm I'm the one I'm the one talking in there you know giving the boys you know I, I, I can't be too detailed of what I say it gets okay, kind of okay, explicit okay. <laughs> um you know depending on who we're playing especially those boys on Friday but you take all those things and it ties back straight to the field and it almost it's almost almost mindlessly you know it's not like you're thinking about it what what's changing but you you'll pick up on it after like oh okay that's that's where that came from I kind of I learned it from that or whatever it may be so it, it does tie back I'm glad you mentioned uh soon-to-be husband you're 26 you're engaged yeah. congratulations thank you very much yes wedding is next year April 19th 2024 whoa we just dropped the date yeah. over here oh this yeah is yeah exciting. No, it's, it's, it's it's in cement now yeah we're not we're a year out and now we had to put the deposits down we're, we're doing it in Victoria so it's busy out there so we have to put you know get everything in, in stone the big the big ones you had to get those deposits down so you talked a lot about personal goals. At the end of all of this, this being the football journey for you, what what do you want to leave with? That's a great question, Ashley. What do I want to leave with? I want to leave with peace and happiness of knowing that I did everything in my well, everything in my power to be the best version of myself I could be for this organization, for this community. And that's that's the biggest thing. I want, I don't want to look back with any regrets of anything I should have done this. I should have I should have went to this appearance. I should have went to this school. Um, whenever I get those text messages and everything, I'm there. Um, no matter what, Karina doesn't even have to, she can just be like, there's a time, be there. I'm like, sounds good, I'll be there. You know, the, all those things, um, 
because we're given so much. We're, we're, we're like I tell people, and when I go to schools, we're so spoiled of what we're given in the, in this place. And it's spoiled in a good way. It's not in a bad way. It's in a great way. And it's for my for my own self. I have to give back. I have to give everything that I've been given. I have to give it back. And it's and it's something that I think the foundation I've been raised on by my amazing mother uh, and a great family. But that's that's just who I am as well, right? I want to look back and just smile and be like. Whoever, whoever, you know, talks about me when I'm done or whatever, maybe they just, they just kind of smile and be like, that's a, that's a great guy. He gave so much to this community, and that's what I kind of want to leave with for, you know, for the fans, for the, for the people, because it, it wouldn't be powered without them, right? So, um, just you know, giving back to them everything they give me. While Saskatchewan Rough Riders players have always given back to the community throughout the team's history, it was only four years ago the football club officially launched its own charity, the Saskatchewan Rough Rider Foundation. Cindy Fuchs was chosen as its first executive director. Before that, she had spent 35 years with the Red Cross, the last 12 as the vice president of Saskatchewan. Cindy strengthened the Saskatchewan Red Cross's capacity to respond to emergencies. In 2015, she received the University of Regina President's Community Award for the Red Cross's response to the Northern wildfires. She also led major campaigns, including Pink Day, and expanded its bullying prevention and healthy relationship education, work that, even prior to joining the foundation, involved bringing in rider players to speak with kids in schools. Now, Cindy Fuchs helms a foundation whose goals remain ambitious, with a focus on giving back as much and more each year. When people hear about the Saskatchewan Rough Rider Foundation, they might think community outreach or donations. It is that, and it's so much more than that. Yeah, it's um, it's actually a little bit of both of great worlds, really. So you raise money and you give it out, but we're also doing such great work in the community in delivering our own programming. So you get to do a little bit of all of that. So for those who don't know, what is a quick history of the Saskatchewan Rough Rider Foundation? It was created four years ago by the football club, and they decided that they needed to have a charitable arm, which would be able to give back more to the community, like other sports foundations. Um, really uh, a great move on behalf of the football club, because there isn't a whole lot in mm. Canada, well, particularly in football, but... Uh, they did look at some other really good sports foundations and uh, use some of those models. But what it does is it elevates the ability to give back to the community, both in programming and using our players in the community, at the same time as uh, we're a community-owned uh, football club. So why wouldn't you want to give more? So uh, being a charity also allows you to collect donations and do a lot of fundraising that you could not do if you were just the football club. What is something, Cindy, that people are surprised to learn about the foundation? What they're surprised but really happy about is that the foundation was able to put players back in schools after COVID and after the pandemic. They were in schools a, a little bit, but under different or with different organizations. But I would say that the, the public, uh, particularly rural Saskatchewan, like when I, we can send a player to a school in rural Saskatchewan, they don't get a whole lot of visitors in many cases that can actually talk to kids about mental health, their own mental health, as well as um, health support for 
the kids that are there, tools that they can use, or reading, um, literacy. It just has such a big impact on those kids. And they actually, I was just saying this to the other day, that people remember the player that was in their school when they were in elementary school. So being able to do that is quite exciting. Um, and I think it's also exciting for our players to be able to do that. They feel pretty, well, they get put on a pedestal when they're out in those communities. Yeah, it, it's really special. I just spoke with Braden Lenius. He just lights up talking about being an ambassador. He's one of several ambassadors currently yeah. on the team. You have them designated. You've also had alumni come through. And how important is it to ensure now a legacy for those ambassadors? Well, I think the ambassador program where we actually, and you know, not every player is a good ambassador. Um, not everybody wants to give back to the community in the same way that as you spoke to Braden and that we've got we're very fortunate in Saskatchewan to have some incredible players that not only want to do it for their own um, brand which is really good for them but also they really want to make a difference in kids lives and uh, so those players that actually have that are perfect as ambassadors for the foundation and I think that uh, for the most part, we have six really strong ones that stay with us all year. So our busy time is not during the football season because those players have another job to do. But our busy time in the foundation is when they're not playing football. And that's when we're really active throughout the province. How does the foundation assess where to go and the need across such a vast province? With our school programming, because we just launched the Win With Wellness, which is the wellness program, it was... This year it was first come, first serve. So we have a wait list for next year. But our plan is to reach every school in the province within the next three to five years, depending on how long it takes. And our players will tell you that are not necessarily from here, that it's quite a distance to drive to some of our locations in this province. So it's not easily done. It's not like you're in a metropolis center where you can go and uh, do a couple of school presentations in a day. You have quite a drive to get there. And so I think, you know, for us to be able to um, reach out throughout the whole province is also really important. We make sure that we balance the support we have under those three pillars, of course, um, with locations outside of Regina as well as Regina. So um, sometimes, you know, it's viewed that the riders are a Regina football club, but they're not. They're really a provincial. We just happen to play here. But I can tell you that the community part of the players giving back and the football club foundation community part is throughout the entire province. You mentioned fundraising. That is a big part of what the foundation does. You have told me the story about the chase, the ace. I love that story, Cindy, and I would love for you to share it, just how you needed to be innovative in a time when all of a sudden there was little access to, to the tools that you had. Yeah, I have shared that a number of times because I, I left a long-term career to come and, and join the Rider Foundation. And, you know, four months later, we're in a pandemic. And I'm thinking, okay, so a lot of our amateur football clubs, which we've always funded, we didn't have a season either. We couldn't play football. They counted on our support, and they had they still had expenses, even though they couldn't play. They still had expenses. And I kept on thinking, we've got to give back somehow. We got to give back. So how are we going to ever fundraise to give back some of that lost revenue that they had? Um, and I'm talking about the elite teams, but also football Sask that you know they had. They have infrastructure costs and they have admin costs and they still had uh, support that they had to pay, they had to pay for. So um, Google, 
<laughs> what can you do in a pandemic? And uh, ended up with this great initiative out of um, Toronto Sick Kids Hospital. They were doing this, they called it Catch the Ace. And I thought, you know, we I live in a small town in this province. We've done that in legions and lions clubs. I think we can do that. Um, so we put it online and we ended up being able to raise just over 600000 in the middle of a pandemic. Now, little did we know, we, we didn't know that uh, people would be happy to be having something to do at home. Didn't know how long that was going to last. So sometimes the cards were aligned and uh, it worked out really well. But we continue, obviously, we had to continue some of our fundraising. But when we could actually gather again, then we started to do events and like our hockey game and the comedy nights and that sort of thing. So um, we amped up our fundraising, but we survived during a really tough time to raise money. We just had to be creative. And let's talk about some of those events. You mentioned the hockey game. I'd love to dive into that. That was such an amazing initiative because it took something that a player, you know, is so passionate about and, and made it into this remarkable event. Yeah, when you have a player like Brett Lother that he has an idea in his head and he wants it so bad and uh, he proclaims to be the best hockey player in the CFL. I've heard that many times, yes. <laughs> uh, he's probably told you that, yeah. Um, but he really, really wanted to do it for kids sport and that's one of our funded partners and one of our great partners and it allows kids to play the game of sport, whether it's football or hockey, it doesn't matter. And so we just said, you know what, Brett, let's do it. Let's do it this winter. And he was sticking around. He's one of our player ambassadors. And he put in hours and hours of volunteer time to help us um, create an amazing charitable event. Uh, we had alumni from the Ryder organization as well as current players play. And we had great sponsorship. And it was in Saskatoon. So it was a, it's a first time. We'll do it again for sure. Um, but we raised significant amount of money for kids sports so kids could play. To me, it's the collaboration that made it so special. Foundation, player ambassador coming together. I know Brett spent a lot of time. He told me that too, but he's so happy the event will happen again. Now, when people give to the Saskatchewan Rough Rider Foundation, what are they supporting? If they're buying a 50-50 ticket, they are definitely supporting amateur football because all of those funds go towards amateur football. If they're supporting other events, usually in the last little while, it's our mental health program. And we call it the Game Changers. And uh, we need a million dollars, actually, to be honest with you, Daniela, to get that program off the ground. So we launched a campaign, a million dollar campaign. We've reached that target. Um, now it's to sustain it and keep fundraising coming in so that we can continue to go back to kids' schools and talk to kids about mental wellness and have Braden and Brett and do that kind of thing. So we're constantly innovating and constantly thinking about, okay, what's the next thing that we can do to raise money um, to give back? One of the things that's really good is if a donor, or whatever they can afford, if they can do a monthly gift, $5, $10 a month, that equals $120 a year. That actually is sustainable income. And that can go a long way. For example, our campaign right now is $100 will send two kids to their very first rider game. Two kids that don't usually get the opportunity. It's usually through Kids Sport or Kids Help Phone or those kids that don't have that opportunity. And we use our partners to choose those kids. And you can do that on our website quite easily. And you get an income tax receipt, which is also, but you also get that heart feeling that you help somebody else. So much already accomplished, but I know, I know there are bigger bigger goals ahead, Cindy. What are some of those for you? Well, um, this year we, you know, we had such great success with reaching kids with our Win With Wellness presentation. We reached 16,000 last year. 
we know that that need is not going away anytime soon. So we're really, I mean, although it's exciting to reach that many kids, it means that the need is really there. Um, so we want to do more of that. Um, the other thing is that under our truth and reconciliation calls to action for both the football club and the foundation, you know, there's a number of calls to action that are around removing barriers to sport. So one of the funded partners is our Northern Sauce Football League. And so we want to really give kids the opportunity, what, however way we can through partnerships to be able to play this great game of football. Um, but also attend a football game. So if you don't want to play, you can actually enjoy the game. Um, so those are really big goals for us. Um, the third one I would say would be in um, our partnership with the Jim Patterson Children's Hospital. Our lottery will launch pretty soon. Um, it's not only about winning a million dollars. It's helping both the Children's Hospital and our mental wellness program. Um, we take players to visit kids in that hospital, and the impact is unbelievable. Um, if I ever need a feel-good moment, I just go to a player to visit the children's hospital and we hand out gainer dolls. And uh, so that's the other thing is that we'll be doing more and more with the children's hospital in this province. You mentioned feel-good moments. There are so many rewarding parts of this job, of, of the work that you do. What has been some of those for you? There's been several this last year. I, I tend to like to get out from behind the desk. Like I did go to Derek Moncrief was delivering a presentation in a school and just sat in the back of the classroom just to hear the interaction of the kids with that player and how the player comes down to their level is really incredibly positive. I also say to our players, you never know when you might impact a child's life. You're not going to know that for sure, but just every day that you're interacting with a child, whether it's through football, education, or health, you're making an impact on one child's life. And uh, that's what makes me feel good, is that kids are in a better place because of us. The work is only just ramping up. At the foundation's recent AGM, Cindy Fuchs announced the charity was able to give back its largest amount yet. This past year, we celebrated 1.8 million. That's a significant amount, but you can't do that unless you're a charity. And you can't do that without a great support of a football club behind you and players that, that help you do that. You, we're not doing it on our own, that's for sure. Just incredible. That's the power of Rider Nation. On our next episode, we are talking football friendships. I'll be catching up with two pairs of best buddies on the team right now who have bonded through the game and beyond. That episode is out July 13th. I want to thank our guests, Braden Lenius and Cindy Fuchs. Air It Out is hosted, written, and edited by me, Daniela Ponticelli, with technical and editorial support from Blake Tideman and Ariel Zur. Our podcast graphics are designed by Angela Bailey. Air It Out is a Saskatchewan Rough Rider podcast. <laughs>